0: But when people are struggling from a thyroid standpoint, it leaves them with a lot of systemic symptoms. And that's typically what we see in the clinic. And oftentimes people have no idea that the root is actually a thyroid problem. I'm Dr. Seth Osgood, the founder of Grassroots Functional Medicine. After struggling for years with chronic health issues that traditional medicine and pharmaceuticals could not resolve, I finally found relief in true healing with a functional medicine approach. Since then, I've dedicated my life to helping patients around the world transform their health by getting to the root cause of symptoms and restoring their body's natural ability to heal. This experience has shown me that a true state of wellness often requires an integrated approach that brings in multiple disciplines and modalities. In this podcast, I will interview experts across the wellness spectrum to educate and empower you on the tools available to reclaim your health. If you're struggling with health challenges and you're not getting the answers or the results you feel you deserve, or you simply wanna optimize your health and take a proactive approach to wellness, this podcast is for you. And if you like the show and find it helpful, please be sure to tell a friend, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's get started. Hey guys, today I have a very special episode for you where I'm the guest expert and I'm joined by our grassroots nurse practitioner, Liz, as my interviewer. We're diving into all things related to thyroid medications, including when thyroid medications are needed and when they're not, how to get the right testing, the different types of thyroid medications, and how to choose the correct one with your provider so you get the dosing right. I'm going to do these solo episodes from time to time to cover issues that we see day in and day out in our clinic and answer the top questions from the Grassroots Private Facebook group. Be sure to join the group by searching Grassroots Community on Facebook and post your questions there so I know what you want to hear about. With that being said, let's jump in and get started. Hi Liz, thank you so much for joining me on the Grassroots Functional Medicine Podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be here. And i have just been looking forward to this conversation.
1: Hey, Dr. Osgood. Thanks so much for having me here today.
0: Absolutely. Well, before we jump into today's topic, which I'm really excited about, thyroid disease is a big problem for a lot of people. And I know we both see patients every day who are struggling. But before we jump into this, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, maybe your health journey?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. So as people know, I'm a family nurse practitioner. I've been a nurse practitioner for 14 years and going along working in family practice, as you said, I've dealt with a lot of people with autoimmune diseases. So it was really intriguing when I myself came down with an autoimmune disease pretty early into my career as a nurse practitioner, actually about four to five years in, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And what did I do? I turned to functional medicine to help uh, change my diet, change my outlook, start meditating, exercising, yoga, and all those great things that have kept me uh, flair-free for almost 10 years now. I'm really excited to share that uh, journey with other people. I'm really excited to give people advice on how they can achieve the best kind of wellness and outcome that they would ever, I can't imagine, especially just with small tweaks of diet and supplements and exercise and sunshine. People can really achieve this.
0: Awesome. I know it's so inspiring, again, to see you and all of our patients and just the the achievements that they make, you know, just by addressing physiology and optimizing their lifestyle. And that's what I'm excited to dive into today. And uh, so from here, I'll just turn it over to you and we will learn all about the thyroid gland and what it does.
1: Great. I'm really excited to discuss this. As you mentioned, we have a lot of people with thyroid disease. So the first question I wanted to pose to you was, what is the thyroid gland exactly and why is it important?
0: That's a great question. And there's a lot of you know confusion and there's a lot of information on the web about thyroid disease. People are getting multiple perspectives from um, different practitioners and different articles. So I just hope to bring some clarity to the subject today because it does impact a lot of people. But just to kind of start at the beginning with the basics, the thyroid gland is a buttered fly shaped gland that sits at the base of the neck. The, the word thyroid actually comes from the Greek word, word of shield. So it means shield in Greek. And that's because if you look at the thyroid, it actually looks like a shield. But the thyroid has its fingers into everything. It plays a vast uh, role in the body. It controls metabolism. It helps with uh, you know heart the heart function. It helps with muscle activity, digestive health. It's important for brain development and bone health, and the list goes on and on and on. So this is why when people have thyroid dysfunction, and we'll talk more about some of the different types of dysfunction that are out there. But when people are struggling from a thyroid standpoint, it leaves them with a lot of systemic symptoms. And that's typically what we see in the clinic. And oftentimes people have no idea that the root is actually a thyroid problem.
1: That's really interesting. And you brought up the, my second question, which is what are the most common disorders of the thyroid?
0: Yeah, that's a great question too. Cause there's a lot of different ways the thyroid can be affected A lot of people are familiar with the two main categories of thyroid dysfunction, which is either hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism. So hypothyroidism is essentially when uh, the thyroid is just underactive. It's not functioning like it's supposed to. There's not enough hormones circulating. And when the thyroid is hypofunctioning, that causes everything to kind of slow down. And that's where we see a lot of symptoms of constipation, fatigue, weight gain, uh, you know everybody you know they'll, their hands and feet will constantly be cold. just signs that metabolism has kind of tur- taken a turn in the wrong direction and everything is slowed down. Now on the opposite end of the spectrum we have hyperthyroidism and that is when everything is sped up. So people have are, you know are, are on high alert all the time. their adrenaline is through the roof because their thyroid hormone, which essentially is controlling metabolism is too high. Uh, And that's when symptoms of hyperthyroidism are completely opposite, typically, of what you're going to see with hypothyroidism. You're going to have problems with, you know, tremors and heart palpitations where your heart is beating too fast. People are really anxious and amped up. People will sweat uh, when they're not supposed to. There's a lot of, you know, again, subtle symptoms there of, you know, where people can distinguish whether they're hypo or hyper, but sometimes it's really hard to figure it out. And that's where you really have to do a deep dive and figure out where all of these hormones are at. But, you know, so hypo and hyper are are the two primary categories, but then you act, you know, you think about what causes those situations and there's a variety of different things that can, can affect your thyroid or cause it to malfunction. But the number one cause, as we already alluded to today, is autoimmunity. So that's what you know we see in the clinic oftentimes is you know with with hypothyroidism, we often see the clinical picture of of Hashimoto's disease, and with hyperthyroidism, oftentimes we'll see Graves disease. Hashimoto's is way more common than graves, but uh, that autoimmune picture is uh, is really at the source of a lot of hy- uh, of thyroid disease. And that's important to consider, as we'll talk about later, because if we don't address the immune system, the thyroid is not going to improve.
1: Wow, that's a really interesting point. So if I were to be diagnosed with thyroid disease and I went to my PCP or my endocrinologist, how would they treat me?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Thyroid disease and uh, thyroid treatment will vary considerably depending on who you see. Now, uh, the, con- the traditional approach to the thyroid uh, is much different than what you're going to receive in a functional medicine practice or maybe a naturopathic practice. And at the same time, I always like to preface it by saying that you know each specialty or each approach has its time and has its place. But traditionally, with the conventional approach to hypothyroidism, for example, what happens is that people will eventually go to their doctor after months or years of struggling with clinical symptoms. When their clinical symptoms are pronounced to the point where they are just at their wits end, they will, the doctor will typically order some lab work. And usually it's very basic. Uh, Traditionally, it involves just a TSH, which we'll talk more about. But, and if the, if the TSH is abnormal, then what will happen is the the, uh, doctor will prescribe a medication or a hormone, typically levothyroxine or Synthroid, which we'll go into more detail about here in a minute. And then from there, you know, you, you get on the medication, life goes on and then you you traditionally, you know, every 6 to 12 months they're following up to look at your labs to see if the medication needs to be adjusted. So, you present with symptoms, you get you get some labs, basic labs if they're way off, you start on a, on a thyroid medication, typically levothyroxine, and then from there you're just going up on the dose as the thyroid it continues to be destroyed by the autoimmune disease. So that's the traditional approach that most people are dealing with today.
1: So does that mean that every thyroid patient needs medication?
0: No, absolutely not. So that so just back to that model that that conventional model there's a lot of problems with that and I think that's important to talk about. So for, first and foremost, many people with thyroid disease don't have obvious symptoms. And unfortunately, again, people are, we're only checking for thyroid dysfunction when they have these overt symptoms. So that means a lot of people out there with thyroid disease are getting missed. I think the estimate is about 5% of the population actually has hypothyroidism and that is clinical hypothyroidism. You know, the, the subclinical is, is estimated to be much higher than that. So we can't just wait around for people to be miserable before we're looking at, at the thyroid. We have to be proactive and uh, really dive into that. The other problem is, is that this single marker, this TSH is traditionally what's used by primary care and even endocrinology to evaluate the entire thyroid picture and TSH levels uh, as beneficial as they can be they, they will fluctuate when people have autoimmunity. If they're flaring or if they have, you know, some imbalance in their body, those TSH levels will often bounce around. So they're not always the best indicator. And that's why we do much more comprehensive testing as we're going to go over here in a little bit. As I mentioned, you know, with the TSH, we're not looking at the free hormones. And, and the free hormones, which, you know, are what actually do the work from a thyroid standpoint, don't ever get evaluated. And we don't look at actually how those hormones are being produced and all of the influences that can cause those to be dysfunctional as well. When we solely rely on TSH. Not to be long-winded, but another really good point on that is that, you know, the thyroid antibodies in the traditional world aren't evaluated. And because the approach is exactly the same where you present with clinical symptoms and then you get your labs and you get on thyroid and you just recheck your levels... They don't really care, you know, they're not focused in on, you know, what's causing the problem. And that's a a primary difference with the functional approach, is that's what drives everything. And if I hope if anybody, if the listeners take anything out of today's talk, it's to ask one simple question, and that's why. Why is this happening to me? Because if we we don't Fix the why, we're not going to going to fix the problem. And in the conventional management of thyroid, that why doesn't really matter because the medication is going to be the end result. So the immune system or the deficiencies or all of these other imbalances that contribute to the problem don't get addressed. So they're not, they're not going to really worry about it. So they don't look at antibodies. So the number one cause of hypothyroidism, as I mentioned before is autoimmunity. But again, the, the fact that you have Hashimoto's to most conventional practitioners, it, it doesn't really matter to them because they're not going to do anything different.
1: I know. This is so much information. And as a layperson or somebody who doesn't know a lot about thyroid labs, which one would tell me that I need to be on medication or not?
0: Exactly. So that TSH is a good marker and to help you understand whether or not you need medication but you have to do a much deeper dive because that's not the only marker but before we discuss the the actual labs and the testing what I'd really like to do is kind of give you an overview of how the thyroid works cuz I really I think it's important for listeners to understand how the thyroid works because when we're looking at all of these different labs you have to understand why we're doing them not only for the understanding of the patient but also to explain to the practitioners why they're important. Unfortunately, insurance doesn't like to do more than TSH. So, uh, you know, it's frustrating. And you and, and a lot of practitioners are educated that that's the only thing that matters. As a patient, you need to be educated w- in how to explain why these things are important to your practitioner, because they're going to say, oh, that's not necessary. Don't worry about it. That's not going to change what we do. When in fact, it is going to change what you do and it is necessary. And there's a lot of things that can come out of that. Just to kind of review the whole thyroid scenario, and we're going to post some information to help people understand that. And we've got a lot of good resources on the website, grassrootsfunctionalmedicine.com to explain this in more detail, but it's important to understand that TSH, what that is is is, it's thyroid stimulating hormone. TSH is actually released from the pituitary gland in the brain. And its job is to do exactly how it sounds to stimulate thyroid production. So TSH, what it does is it goes down and it kind of kicks the thyroid in the butt a little bit and says, hey, you're slacking, we need more hormone. From that point, the thyroid gets the message and it starts making hormone. Now, primarily what the thyroid does is it makes the hormone T4. Now, T4 is what a lot of people are taking in their medication. That's what uh, Synthroid or Levothyroxine is, is, is T4. And the problem with T4 is that it's it's not as metabolically active as T3, which is what actually goes into the cell or attaches to the cell receptor and creates a metabolic response. The majority of what comes from the thyroid gland is T4, but that T4 has to get converted to the metabolically active form T3 to actually create a, a response, to actually help with all of the many things that the thyroid does. The the thyroid gland does make a little bit of T3, but it's not anywhere near what it's supposed to be. Uh, The majority of that comes from uh, that conversion. And that's what gets left off in the thyroid lab. So we are looking at the TSH, which is actually regulated by the circulating T4, but it's not telling us what's actually happening at the cell level with that free T3, which is what makes people feel good. So when we're looking at all of the labs, it's just important to know what each of these labs does, because it all gives us, you know, each one gives us a little bit of a, a different perspective and uh, and information on what's happening in the body. Because if the thyroid conversion piece, which we'll talk more about, is is one of the biggest problems with a lot of the patients, because... If you have a liver that is not healthy, or you know, if you're you're not exercising, or your body's stressed out, or you don't don't have certain nutrients, or your your gut is imbalanced, you know, your TSH is going to look fine, your T4 is going to look fine, but your free T3, which is what makes you feel good, is going to be on the low side. There's a lot of different hormones, as you know, you know, that we can look at to really get that full picture. But uh, you know, the the main ones that we have to be looking at are the TSH and then the free hormones, the free T3 and the free T4 to really see where the thyroid is.
1: Okay, great. That's, that makes sense.
0: I know it's a lot. Yeah, of information.
1: <laughs> that's a lot, but you know, it's, it is. it's pretty comprehensive and you made it really easily to easy for people to understand. Can you remind me again of what medications are used to treat
0: thyroid issues? So in addition to the TSH and the free T3 and the free T4, that's kind of the bare minimum of what you want to look at. There's a lot of other labs that are also really important to assess. Uh, For starters, uh, reverse T3 is a really good lab that a lot of people aren't evaluating. And Reverse T3, when your body is converting T4, that inactive hormone, to the T3, the active hormone, it can go down another pathway, and that's what reverse T3 is. And why that's helpful is because if your body is stressed out, whether that's physical stress or emotional stress or nutritional stress, I mean, there's a lot of various options or possibilities there. When your body is stressed out for one reason or another, oftentimes it puts some of the T4 into this reverse T3, which is like putting on the brakes. So T3, free T3 is the gas pedal, reverse T3 is the brake. So we want a lot of gas pedal. We don't want a lot of brakes. So when reverse T3 is elevated, that again tells us that something is happening that's preventing this conversion from occurring. Um, so I highly recommend you looking at the reverse T3. And at the same time, uh, the thyroid antibodies are also important. You know, Again, it may not be important to some of the conventional providers because their their treatment is not gonna change, but we wanna know why the disease is there to begin with. Why is the thyroid not at an optimal level? And autoimmunity being the number one cause, we really want to dive into that. For people who are thinking that Hashimoto's may be a problem, that's where you know thyroid peroxidase antibodies or thyroglobulin antibodies need to be evaluated. If Graves is on the is in your mind or you think that might be a problem, that's where we want to look at thyroretropin receptor antibodies. Again, there's a lot of antibody testing. And why that's important is because if the problem is autoimmunity... The thyroid is just the innocent bystander. The tr- primary issue is the faulty immune system. So that's what we need to go after when we're trying to correct the problem on that topic. When we're trying to optimize the immune system, we want to look in other places too. So we need to evaluate from a thyroid standpoint, You know, are, is the thyroid getting the nutrition that it needs to thrive? Does it have iodine? Is there iron in the system? Is there enough selenium or zinc or vitamin D, magnesium, vitamin A? Tyrosine, all of these things and more are really important for the thyroid to function at full capacity. And we can also do testing to look at the gut, to look at sex hormones, to look at the adrenal glands, because many times, as we address these secondary issues, the primary problem just goes away. And, and, and that's the goal. Again, we need to get back to asking that question of, of why.
1: Wow. That makes a lot of sense. Thanks for explaining that. Could you remind me again, though, of the common medications used to treat thyroid disease?
0: Yeah, that's great. yeah. So the the most common medication that that the majority of people are on is uh, levothyroxine or Synthroid, which is the brand name. There's a couple other brand names out there as well, but levothyroxine is again that that hormone that's metabolically inactive or or highly inactive. And so what the problem with that is it doesn't it. You know, again, it doesn't get broken down in a lot of people to that T3, which makes them feel better. Although the the reality with thyroid hormones is there's not a perfect one for anybody. We have to individualize it. We have to figure out, you know, what's going to work best for each individual. We have to do that with each person, no matter what their problem. Because just because you're labeled with the same disease as someone else, you you got there for completely different reasons. And if we don't address that those reasons or the root causes, you're going to be chasing your tail. But levothyroxine or Synthroid is probably the most common uh, medication that is that is out there for thyroid disease.
1: Now, I heard there's other types of medications used to treat uh, hypothyroidism. Can you talk to me about that?
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of options out there for thyroid disease, and it's important to be educated on them because, again, you, you, one what's going to work for one person isn't going to work for another. And a lot of these medications have different uh, substances in them, like different fillers. And some people can be reactive to a filler, you know, whereas in another medication doesn't have the filler, they're going to be fine. But, you know, just to start off, uh, when we start talking about T4 supplements or T4 hormones, a good option to consider or talk to your doctor about is uh, tyrosine. So tyrosine is levothyroxine, uh, but it doesn't have the fillers that you're going to find in levothyroxine or Synthroid. So people have a lot of sensitivities or reactions, uh, whether that's the food or environment, environmental uh, chemicals, then you want to have the product be as clean as possible. So tyrosin is a really good option. It comes in a gel form and it doesn't have the fillers that you're going to find in some of the other pills because some of these pills have gluten in them. Some of them have dairy. A lot of them have lactose. So it's important to know what is in your medication because you might find that you're actually on a restrictive diet to avoid some of the things that you're taking every day. So I would just encourage people to really dive into that. And another thing, just, I don't know if I mentioned this, but there there is a difference between synthetic, which is, uh, you know, again, artificial it's, it's made in a lab and then there's bioidentical bioidentical is where the, the hormones are structurally identical to those in your own body with a lot of what's bent. There's benefits, pros and cons to each. And we'll talk about that. But another synthetic hormone that some uh, endocrinologists or practitioners will prescribe is called leothyronine or Cytomel. And Cytomel is, uh, the, is T3. So we've got tyrosine, which is T4. And then some people are catching on the fact that a lot of people have conversion issues. So they will add in Cytomel, which is the T3 to help with that. Now, there's still individual hormones, but you know, in certain situations, they can be really well tolerated and accomplish what you're looking to achieve. Now the uh, in the other on the other side of things, one of the drugs or uh, medications that we prescribe a lot in our clinic because I just see really good results. Again, it's not for everybody. Are the desiccated thyroid or bioidentical thyroid hormones? What's different about these things is that they are uh, derived from pigs. So as opposed to it just being synthetic, it actually comes from a pig, pig's thyroid gland, and it has a similar composition to what you're going to have from your own thyroid hormones. So you're getting the T4, you're getting the T3, you're getting T1 and T2 hormones, which play a role, uh, a small role, we don't quite understand the exact role, but they play a small role with thyroid function. And it also has calcitonin in it, which is important for calcium regulation. So you're getting all of these things because it actually is a thyroid gland. It's from a thyroid gland. And those tend to work really well with people who have problems converting that T4 to the T3 because if you're not converting well, you're not going to have the T3. And by taking these desiccated hormones, you are getting a little bit of the T3. And I just find that people seem to feel better on those. Not everybody, but you know, we've had really good luck in the practice using them. And there's a lot of different brands out there. There's Armor, there's WP thyroid, there's Nature Throid, there's NP thyroid. And you can even, you know, get these things compounded as well, which means a, a specialty farm phar- a specialty pharmacy can actually make them up and make them as clean as you need them to be.
1: That's great. So Dr. Osgood, I've had a lot of patients on desiccated thyroid medications and they've had a lot of concerns. They've gone to Dr. Google and Dr. Google said that they're bad. Can you talk to our listeners a little bit more about the misconceptions with desiccated thyroid medications and whether or not our patients should be concerned?
0: Yeah, that's great. And, you know, and it's not even online, but uh, they're getting a lot of information from their doctors about how the fact that it's just not a good option. And I I think it's good to kind of discuss where that came from. So when desiccated thyroid originally came on the market, they were having a hard time getting it stabilized. So there was a lot of variation in the beginning uh, between with these desiccated thyroid hormones. Essentially, they just weren't very reliable. But since then, you know, that was many years ago. Since then, they've done a lot of work and there's been a lot of research coming out to show how reliable these these hormones are. So that initial phase where they weren't very reliable just kind of put a bad taste in a lot of endocrinologists' mouths and in practitioners' mouths. So they kind of just you know pushed away from those and went down the synthetic route with the T4 or occasionally with the Cytomel. Now, with that being said, I think As good as these these products can be, it's really it's still a hormone from a pig, right? So it's not made in it's not synthetic, where you have a lot more control. It's still pig hormone. You want to be looking at labs. You know that's why it's important to monitor your labs. As I mentioned before, a lot of times you know endocrinologists or or practitioners are assessing thyroid every you know twelve months or every six months things change. Life changes, triggers change, autoimmune flares happen. Your need for hormone ch- will will change dramatically in a short period of time. So you have to be monitoring these things and, and just making sure that your numbers are stable, whether it's desiccated thyroid or whether it's a synthetic. But talk to your, if, if you're not doing well on your synthetic hormones, the T4 your T, or even the cytomel, uh, or your numbers aren't stable, uh, your labs aren't stable, your TSH is suppressed or it's too high. You need to do something different. And, and talking and or trying a desiccated hormone is not a bad idea. We just see a lot of people do well. And I find it to be very reliable in, in our patient population. Once they go desiccated, very rarely do they want to go back to the synthetics just because they they feel better.
1: Yeah, that's it's a really great option for some patients. I'd like to hear a little bit more For our listeners who are currently on desiccated thyroid, or if they're not, can you talk to us a little bit about the signs and symptoms they need to be watching out for that might indicate to them that they need adjustment of their medication?
0: Right. And and that happens. Yeah, that's a great question because that happens to everybody for positive reasons and for negative reasons. I mean, when you're dealing with an autoimmune condition, which most people are when they're on thyroid hormone, your immune system is going to flare you know and when your immune system flares that can create more destruction to the thyroid which is going to increase or decrease your need for hormones so sometimes people when they flare their thyroid actually kicks in and makes too much hormone and that makes them feel hyperactive but at the same time that can cause more destruction which can cause which can lead to a need for more hormones so you know it needs to be tweaked for different reasons the, the primary reasons are A, the dose is too high, you know, and that's where we get back to those hyperthyroid symptoms where people are feeling anxious or jittery, or, you know, they're having insomnia or palpitations, their dose is too low. So they're noticing that they're a little bit more fatigued or sluggish. They're, uh, you know, they're gaining a little weight or their extremities are cold, or maybe they're losing, uh, you know, some hair on the outer third of their eyebrows. That's common with hypothyroidism. Or which is actually pretty common. I just had a a patient the other day who had this. They are reacting to a filler. You know that that's another reason your your thyroid may need to be tweaked because sometimes people will go and get a refill and uh, their pharmacist will give them a completely different medication or a different brand and they have no idea. So things may be going along just fine and then boom. Now they're having problems. That's where we need to really assess the labs and and figure out what's going on. And a good way to know the difference between what the problem is, are you too high? Are you too low? Is this a reaction to a filler? Is to get labs. Because if we get labs and they're high, obviously we need to adjust the dose down. If they're low, we need to increase the dose. And if they're normal and we're having these crazy reactions, then we need to think that maybe this is a, a problem with what's actually in the, the hormone to begin with. So, uh, there's lots of possibilities there, but just to, you know, one of the things, again, if you, if you're just focusing on the thyroid and you're not focusing it on the immune system, your typical problem is going to be that you need to go up and, and on the dose. And that's because the immune system is still destroying the thyroid gland and you you know, it's, be, it's not functioning as well. Now, One of the things we see in a lot of our patients is that because we're looking at the immune system, because we're working on stress, we're working on their environment, we're working on their nutrition, we're working on their gut, we're working on all of those different components that lead to immune dysfunction in the first place, their immune system actually starts functioning better and that reduces their need for thyroid hormone. So they'll start to get anxious and jittery. And that's a sign that, Hey, we need to cut back on this dose a little bit because your immune system's functioning better. Your thyroid's not needing as much support. And that's a beautiful thing to see.
1: Yeah, it is a beautiful thing to see. It's really great when we can decrease people's uh, dosage strength because they're healing their gut. They're addressing their stress. They're sleeping better. Can you talk to me and our listeners a little bit more about the most common reasons they might need a dose adjustment like what are the things in life that can cause their thyroid to flare
0: right that's a great question i mean because there's so many factors and those are the things that we need to be as practitioners we need to be focusing in on because life is you know as much as we would love to control every aspect of it we can't so different things happen you know our stress levels change that's probably one of the biggest factors You know, people go through divorces, they lose jobs, we get hit by crazy pandemics, all of these things and more will cause significant stressors that will absolutely affect not only our thyroid, but other aspects of of our body and our health as well. So we need to be constantly, we need to be proactive with stress as opposed to just being reactive with it. Nutritional deficiencies is another good example. You know, people's diet, they get stressed out, their diet changes. Or they become reactive to a new food, or they're not getting enough diversity, and they become malnourished. You know, there's a lot of components there that that can contribute to your your thyroid hormones changing, uh, gut imbalances. That's something we deal with a lot. You know, people have SIBO, or they have chronic constipation, or they have a parasite, or deficiencies in enzymes to where they're not breaking down their food and absorbing the amino acids and the vitamins and the minerals that are needed for thyroid. Uh, Function and then hormone, sex hormone changes. That's why we see it a lot. I I don't know if I mentioned this before, but women are five to 10 times more likely to develop an autoimmune thyroid issue than men. And, uh, you know, we see that in our practice. And I think one of the factors is hormone changes. So when women, we see a spike in Hashimoto's post pregnancy. We see it with menopause, we see it with puberty. So anytime we're seeing these peaks and valleys of hormones, we can see changes in the immune system and a surgence of uh, of autoimmunity. So there are a lot of factors, but these are all of the things you need to be talking with your practitioner about uh, to bring balance. And I, and I always tell people, there are so many things that can cause immune dysfunction and we're we're not, I'm not smart enough to hit everyone, you know, and and I don't think anybody is to be honest. But our goal is not to find all of those magic bullets that are causing the problem, but we want to look at the immune system like it's a bathtub. We want to look at you know all of the negative influences from our, our environment and from our life cause our bathtub to fill up. If you've got really good genetics, you've got a big old bathtub. If you're, you've got a family history of autoimmunity or chronic illness, you've got a smaller bathtub so it fills up quicker. But all of these negative influences will cause this, the bathtub to fill up. And when it's overflowing, that's where people get sick. My job is not to completely empty out your bathtub, but to, our, you, as we work together and with the team to help people reduce their load to get that bathtub so it's not overflowing anymore, so the immune system can handle it. Because when it's overflowing, it's just too much, the immune system goes crazy, and bad things happen. But if we can lower that load, and it's never just one thing, like I said, it's all of those factors, that's where we see the magic happen. That's where we see good things start to occur. And that's the goal with any autoimmune disease or any illness in general, is to really, there's nothing stronger, there's no medication out there that will ever beat the power of the immune system. So if we can coddle that and get that to a better place, uh, you know that's where we're really gonna see transformation.
1: Yeah, I mean, in some ways, functional medicine is a bit of magic. And I think here at Grassroots, we have touched, we have cultivated that magic for our patients and our patients have basically become our family. I'm wondering if you can share with our listeners uh, one of our patients journey and their struggles with thyroid disease. I think that makes it a lot more real for people to know that there are success stories out there that they're not alone and they can overcome this.
0: Right. Absolutely. We deal with a lot of thyroid patients at the clinic. We deal with a lot of autoimmune patients. We have people with digestive, you know, issues. We have chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia. There's, there's so many different conditions, you know, and that's the thing that everybody's always asking is like, what do you guys special in, specialize in? And I, and I tell them, we don't specialize in anything. We specialize in getting your body healthier because I am a firm believer that our body was created with an innate ability to heal. Unfortunately, our environment has gotten to the point and our stress levels have gotten to the point where it's just not conducive to optimal health. So, you know, we if but if we give it the right ingredients, if we give it the right environment, if we take away those inflammatory triggers, that's where we see amazing things happen. And and that's what it's just so rewarding and I know you know this too is just to be a part of that because it's not we're not the ones doing this you know we're we're there to guide people we're there to help people transform their health we're there to partner with them give them the tools and give them the resources to be successful but it's the changes that individual people make that really take them to the next level and uh, that's why it's just so encouraging to work with people and see them literally reverse chronic disease and regain their life no matter where they are in their journey I'll share a, a cool little story for you you know and this is one of my Patients that I have literally been following for, I bet, five years now. She, So she came in to my, the clinic, actually, when I was working uh, with Amy Myers back in Texas. And uh, her name is Rona. And she came in with her mom. Her mom was just awesome she was really uh you know involved in her daughter's health she wanted her to be 100% she knew that something was wrong with her daughter and she just couldn't get any uh, resolution so she she took her daughter to her, her pediatrician and what it, with just chronic fatigue her gut was a mess she had a lot of digestive symptoms she was very pale and pasty she just knew that something was happening with her daughter she couldn't stay awake she couldn't uh, focus or pay attention in school There was just a lot of red flags that something was missing. So she went to her primary care doctor after a couple of visits, was able to get some lab work done. And she was found to be hypothyroid. Her mom, you know, being a researcher and an advocate, grilled the practitioner on what was going on. She said, okay, she's hypothyroidism. Why is she hypothyroid? So they dug a little bit deeper and she was able to convince the doctor to do uh, some antibody testing. And they did thyroid antibody testing and uh, her thyroid antibodies were greater, her TPO, thyroid peroxidase antibodies were greater than 2000. So just as a reference for people who are listening, those numbers should be as low as possible, typically less than 10. So she was greater than 2000. So we don't know if she is 2001 or if she was 4000, but regardless, her numbers were through the roof. And so that they started to run some uh, levothyroxine like they do, they normally do. So the mom said, you know, thinking outside of the box said, well, what can I do to help my daughter beat this? What can I do to reclaim her health? And the endocrinologist at that time said, well, here's what's going to happen. You know, you are going, you're going to come back on an annual basis. We're going to check her thyroid numbers as the autoimmunity continues to get worse, which it will, we're going to increase the dose and she'll just have to monitor this for the rest of her life. Well, that wasn't sufficient for her mom, which is the case with a lot of our patients. She decided to do something a little bit different. So she flew from California and came and saw me in Texas. And then we did a full comprehensive functional workup on her. We changed her diet. We did some food sensitivity testing. We did comprehensive nutrition n- nutritional testing. We did you know stool tests. She was found to have a parasite. She was found to have uh, several food reactions. She was severely malnourished she had iron deficiency she had all sorts of different imbalances and you know i just i told her about the approach and what we were going to do and that it was going to take time and that it was going to be a journey and but they were on board they want to do something different and i just saw her a couple of months ago she is now just starting her first year of college she's gorgeous she looks great she's healthy she feels vibrant she's you know she's got amazing grades her and, uh, and her numbers. So not only is she physically well, our mom is thrilled, but her antibodies went from greater than 2000. Her last set was, I think, 110. That's just to show, you know, those things that we did, her autoimmunity didn't get worse. And we were actually able to decrease her, uh, her thyroid medication as well. I think she's still on a tiny dose, like the lowest dose of desiccated thyroid, but we're working right now on getting that off completely. Now it took time. But but that's a huge change, and it changed her quality of life. And uh, it's just so rewarding to see things like that. And that those are the things that we see day in day out at the clinic. And uh, I'm just so blessed to be able to participate that you know in these in people's journeys and just see their desire and to to be healthy or to be at an optimum level.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. We are blessed. We are blessed to be on this journey with patients to help them through their healthcare needs and try to get their, their, them up to an optimal level of wellness. I mean, this is why we're here, Dr. Osgood. This is an amazing journey of wellness. We're gonna end the podcast, but before we do, I know you usually like to give uh, your listeners a nice little health tip to help them optimize their health if they're not already patients of ours. So this time, what would you recommend to our listeners?
0: Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about this because I hear a lot of really good health tips from other guests, but I think one of the most important things for people out there, uh, whether you're struggling with a chronic disease or you're just trying to optimize your health and be as healthy as possible, is to be your own advocate. I think that is a great health tip, is you need to be your own advocate. The days of just being able to rely on your doctor to give you all of the right information are gone. You know, and and that's because I think, you know, even back when that was the case, that was a lot of pressure on people that shouldn't have been there. You know, we, nobody has all the answers. The human body is extremely complex. And a lot of times it takes multiple professionals and multiple practitioners and multiple modalities to really get you to that state of optimal wellness. And that's why, you know, at Grassroots, we're trying to create a team to, to get people there because I just believe the more brains on a case, the better, But you have to be your own advocate, you have to ask those hard questions, you don't be scared to go to your practitioner and say, well, why is this happening? What are we doing to get to the bottom of why this problem is here in the first place? Because if you're just solely relying on medications, uh, which sometimes is necessary. It's not that there were anti medications. Sometimes they really can be a game changer. But regardless of, of whether you need medications or you don't, you need to be working on optimizing your physiology. And you know, part of being an advocate is taking health into your own hands and making those hard decisions. You know, are you exercising? Are you eating the right foods? Are you, uh, you know, being proactive with stress? Are you have do you have good relationships? All of these things and more are really at the core of, of wellness and health. And, you know, but the first thing you have to do is you have to decide that you're, you're ready. You need to, you're going to need to make some changes and that you need to take control of your health and you need to be your best advocate. That would be my little tidbit of advice.
1: <laughs> that is some great advice. Thank you so much, Dr. Osgood.
0: Well, thank you for joining me and uh, asking me some great questions about thyroid disease. I know we're both very passionate about it and there's just so much we could talk about. So we'll definitely do another episode at some point on uh, thyroid and hit it from a different angle. But I really do appreciate you being here and uh, I look forward to the next episode together. Yeah, me too. This was fun. All right. Have a great day.
1: You too. Bye.
0: so much for listening, guys. To find more practical tips to improve your state of wellness, don't forget to join us in the Grassroots Private Facebook group. Just search Grassroots Community on Facebook to join. And if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you're looking for a comprehensive program to reclaim your health, check out our adaptation programs at grassrootsfunctionalmedicine.com. We'll help you uncover the root causes of dysfunction, create a structured plan of action, and hold you accountable with regular check-ins so you can get well and stay well in the years to come. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed day.